I'd ask you to turn over to Matthew chapter 6. I have no clue what's going to happen, but I'm just trying to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. And uh, so I, I, I do know that I'm thankful that the Spirit directs us. And I ask Ed to sing, and either the Spirit's dealing with him or he's warming up to me, maybe both. Because when I came here, he told me I sing once a year. He said I sing it once a year. But he sang that song, and it confirmed this scripture in my heart. Look with me, Matthew 6, verse 34. Verse 30, well, let's start in verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And uh, I'd written this scripture down. It came to my mind earlier today, and now I know why. We've seen this past week, specifically with Brother Frank and Sister Yulan, how quickly things can change. And we thank the Lord for the promise of heaven. I'm thankful to know that uh, I didn't know Mr. Tommy, and um, but I, I did know, obviously, Frank and Miss Yulan, and I thank the Lord for the testimony of salvation, that there's grief and there's pain and there's hurt when you see things happen. It's hard to understand. It's hard to comprehend what happens in this world. But I thank the Lord for the promise of heaven. But to all of us, the things that happen on this earth should be a testimony to how quickly things can change. Take no thought, no, therefore, take therefore no thought for the morrow. In other words, today. Consider today. Think of today. The Lord had been dealing with me about this message. It, <laughs> I would have had a few more days to study on it, but it's okay. That's the sense of urgency. The thought, wake up, church. Wake up. Wake up. Because we're not promised another day. We're not promised another moment. We're not promised another minute. None of us. Not a single one. The children in this building, the children across the way, the family at home, no one's promised another moment. It's time that we all collectively take a look at ourselves and realize I'm not promised to get out that door or this door or in my car back home. Say, well, I'm young or I'm, I'm old and I've survived a lot of things. I'm, I'm tougher than I look. It doesn't matter. Yesterday, I was, uh, I've not felt well this week. Yesterday, I was in the house and been reading. I'd finished a book I'd started on the evangelist George Whitefield. I finished that book yesterday and walked outside to get some fresh air. And I heard this drone over in the east. I took a video of it, and I, if I didn't have to dig for it, I'd play it for you. But it sounded almost like a horn over in the east. And after a few, a few seconds, I realized it wasn't Gabriel's trumpet. 
but it could have been. And just in the time it took me to walk through that front door out on the porch, down the steps, Brother Mark, just in that time, my life could have ended or Jesus could have come back. What condition would he find me in? What condition would he find you in if he were to come at this very moment? And I realize I'm preaching to the church people tonight. Y'all are always here. Y'all are here Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, but we all need to be right-minded to wake up. Realize every moment, every second, every hour, every day is a blessing from the Lord. I was telling Brother Don before the service about Brother Frank. I talked to him before they left. They had make, made some plans and some arrangements to go and be with their children, be closer to their children. And he told me, he said, well, I'm sad to go, and I probably won't see you again, but I'll see you on the other side. Wake up, church. We never know. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. I was thinking about that and how tomorrow is tomorrow. If I die today, tomorrow's still going to happen. The sun will rise and the birds will chirp. The wind will get a little bit more of a nip as it's doing. More leaves will fall from the trees. People will go to work. People will make money. Others will die. Others will be born. Tomorrow will take care of itself. It's today that I need to wake up. And in our mind, maybe sometimes we think, well, I've got another little bit of time. I've got five years, ten years. My, my dad, he, last end of last year, some know, was diagnosed with non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver. They said, well, you could live anywhere from a year to 20 years. He said they didn't really tell me much. I knew that already. My mother found a mass or a tumor, benign tumor at the bottom of her stomach. One of the most dangerous surgeries to remove a tumor that they could perform. They haven't performed it and likely won't perform it. They didn't tell her anything she didn't know, though. You could live a year. You could live 20 years. You could live. We all know this. But how real is it to us? We hear of tragedies, things that happen to people, Brother Frank, Sister Yulan, and it wakes us up, don't it? Wakes us up, man, oh my goodness. But if we could just grab hold of the reality and the sobriety of each and every day, each and every moment could be our last. Because if that trump does sound, if... Our heart does stop beating. We will immediately face a holy God. I want to be found about his business. So I've been challenged to wake up. Wake up. Not just because something happens. Not just because of a bad day or a bad time. I get mad about stuff sometimes and it's because I've heard something on the news or heard something on the radio or 
something, somebody tells me about something going on, and I get fired up about it. I want to be fired up every day realizing that at any moment I could be called to meet my Savior face to face. You say, well, you're a Christian. You're saved. Yes, but I want to be found about his business. What did he tell us to do? He told us to be about his business. He told us to occupy. I don't want to get lazy. I want to be real and privy to the fact that at any moment I could be called away. And not hold to my own power. And what we see here is, going back to verse 19, Jesus says, Lay lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Someone that is an awake, someone that is awake, and someone that is aware of their mortality, someone that is aware of their life at any moment could come to an end, is aware of where their treasures are. If you're serious about the fact that any moment could be your last, then you're probably someone that values where your treasure lays. If you're serious about your treasures being in heaven, you probably realize that your time on earth is drawing short. You see, one thing I've been reading through Genesis, and you see where man was given, man was living nine, 700, 800, 900 years on Methuselah, 900 and something years. We talk about Methuselah a lot in, in my house. And then you see where they came down about 120 years. And we see now 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 100 years. But when you look at the big scheme of things, 70, 80, 90 years is not a lot of time. Because 30 years flashes (laughs) flashes by before your eyes. 10 years flashes by. Five years flashes by. People told me when you have kids, it starts speeding up. We had Riley, and before you know it, here's Isla. She's walking, by the way. It's flown by, hasn't it? You've seen it from the time we carried her in here, swaddling clothes, to now. Flies by. Wake up, church. At any moment, any moment, we could be called home. And I thank the Lord for those that have been called home that I know they are home. Because those treasures, as this scripture talks about, treasures laid up in heaven. Treasures laid up in the right place. Thank the Lord for that because, man, it'd be a different story if not. But how many, how many, we call off names and believe we will tonight before we dismiss. This is prayer service. We call off names the other night of those that we love that are not saved, amen? If you were to receive a phone call for that loved one, and I'm not trying to scare anybody anything, I'm just being honest. If I were to get a phone call about that one that I have on my heart that has not accepted Christ, how urgent would I feel about the good news of Jesus? You see, sometimes our urgency comes too late. 
told you the story. A good friend of mine died right after high school. Died in a car wreck. Three or four miles from my house, I pass it every single day. 18 years old, on his way to work one morning. You get a phone call, 11 o'clock in the morning. Somebody that just graduated high school with you kind of wakes you up. And Brother Norman, what I realized about that, his last name started with a B. Everybody knows how a homeroom works. You sit with the other B's. I went to school with this young man from the time we were in kindergarten until we graduated high school. I sat beside him every single day, and I never once shared the gospel of Christ with him. Yet when I heard that he had died, I wished over and over and over that I had one more chance, Brother Donnie, to go back and get share the gospel of Jesus with him. It's time to wake up. Realize, sometimes our urgency comes too late. Where are we laying up our treasures? What's valued? What's important to us? Verse 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You see, I may not know where your treasures are. You don't know where my treasures are, but God does. He sees and he knows what I value. I think it's Pastor Don Williams sings a song. He knows who does and doesn't care. He knows. He knows everything about me. He knows all the thoughts of my mind. He knows the intents of my heart. He knows where my treasures lay. He knows what's important to me. He knows what I hate. He knows what I love. He knows uh, the secret things that I hide inside. He knows all these things about me. And he certainly knows where my treasures lay. Verse 25, it says, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought of for your life what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? Of ye, O ye of little faith, therefore take no thought, saying what... Shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. In other words, all the earthly endeavors distracting you from being dedicated to God, don't worry about those things. God knows your needs. God will supply your needs. But we're so guilty of we get a little bit of something and we start enjoying something and we start liking something and we, we really start liking something. What do we start doing? We start hiding it away. We start building it up. I told my wife earlier, talking to the church as a whole, we're not squirrels. Not on this side. If we are, we just lay our acorns up on the other side. Amen? 
All the, God knows we have needs. God knows we got to eat. God knows we got we to sleep. God knows we got to drink water. God knows we need a roof over our heads. But what happens is man worries on all these things and we're distracted from telling somebody about Jesus or getting ready to meet Jesus. And if the devil can distract us from telling people about Jesus or getting ready to meet Jesus, either he can deceive someone that we need to be telling about Jesus to go into hell or he can deceive us into going to hell. Or if you're saved, you're just ineffective. There's nothing worse than an ineffective Christian. So don't get caught up in worry. But wake up to the fact that any moment can be our last. You've all, I'm sure, had these same thoughts as me. We hear these new, this news and it hurts your heart and it grieves your heart. And we thank the Lord for salvation and testimony. But I mean, fast these things are happening. Fast stuff is coming up. Fast people are passing on. We should feel a great sense of urgency to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that if, if I do walk out on my porch one day, and that is the trump I hear, hey, thank the Lord, praise the Lord. But I want to be about his business. Or if I don't make it home, and I'm called on to the other side, that my life is a living testimony, that people knew. He could say he didn't have much on this side, but man, that man believed in heaven. And I wonder how many that's true about. We see the saints of God, and so often it's true for the saints of God, those older dear saints that have lived faithful lives for Christ. But so often I see young people pass on and terrible stories and terrible testimonies and broken hearts and broken lives and broken homes. And no doubt some of the, the names we called out the other night when we were talking of people that we would like to be saved, no doubt many of them young people, Old people are alike, but many of them young people. The devil has spun his web of distraction. The devil's used, more so than anything, drugs and alcohol as a distraction in society today. It's not even just possessions and going and buying things and having things. It can start that way, but the devil's spinning helpless people into perpetual torment with drugs and alcohol it's a shame we ought to pray for these people but yet we so often begin to think of them when it's too late every time we talk to someone whether we realize it or not it may be our last I pray at the heart of our church this group of our church that's here gathered tonight to worship our Savior, I pray that we can have first and foremost in our mind an evangelistic mindset to tell people about Jesus. And those that we know need to be walking with Him like they once did or those that need to return to Him as they once had when they were first saved, those that need to be saved to begin with, that when we talk to them, we realize it may be our last time we ever speak to them or it may be the last time they ever speak to us living on this side. It's time for God's people to wake up and realize each moment could be our last. Share His gospel with the lost and dying world. We're scared too sometimes. 
Sometimes it's just uncomfortable. I understand. You're the preacher. I'm not. Hey, I'm a human being just like anybody else. I remember working in the bank. I've told this before, but I always got the people that nobody else wanted to get. Josh always got the undesirables. There's people that walk in the door and before even saying hello, they'd say, Josh is over there. He don't have anybody with him. Get the phone up. Got to call somebody. Got a business call here. And they'd sit and wait on me to get off the phone, Brother Sam. Aren't we all just a bunch of undesirables? Yet Jesus came to us. And he welcomed us in. He took us in when we were worth nothing. And what we're worth now is all because of him. What a blessing it is that we have something so rich and so pure to share to somebody. You say, well, they're, they're, they're all hooked on drugs or they're on alcohol. Hey, God don't care. He does, but he don't. He can, he can deal with that. He can work with that. Well, so they're hooked on this or they're, they're on that or all they care about is this thing. All they care about is ball. All they care about is money. All they care about is their job. It don't mean nothing to God. God can handle that. That's all it is. He can take care of that. Let me tell you what he did for me. He's the God of breaking down strongholds. He's the God that cast out demons. He's the God that drives away evil spirits and darts and things of the devil that I can, under my own power, can't do anything with. He's a great God. And there is a huge sense of urgency for us to share him with people. Because every second could be our last. And every second could be their last. So I ask you tonight. Let's take seriously our, our next opportunity to share the gospel with someone. And I believe everybody sitting in here, I believe we can. I know you. It's not like it used to be. I know you now. I know you can. I look and I know what God's done for you. I know how God's blessed you. I know what God's brought you through. And I know the testimony that you have. We can. But we have to take the opportunity. You say, well, it's a family member. Family members are the hardest people to, to witness to. But you know what? They're, they're most likely to believe in you because they watch you live all the time. They'll believe what's in you before they'll believe in the preacher. Because they see you walk your life. The most effective people spiritually in my life are the people in my family that I have watched let the light of Christ shine through them because I saw them in the good times. I saw them in the bad times. I saw them when there was extra money in the bank. I saw them when there was no money in the bank. I saw them when Christmas was good. I saw them when there was a missing family member at that Christmas dinner. I've seen it in the good times and the bad and their faith per persuades me to go forward because I see Jesus light through them. So take your next opportunity to witness like you've never witnessed before. Let's take an opportunity to weep for people. I sent Sam a text about that book about George Whitefield. And he would, this was back in the 1700s. And all the British preachers, you know British people are, just kind of stuffy. That's why we, that's the whole reason we had a war. They're just a little stuffy. 
But they were notorious. The preachers were just monotone and they weren't excited and they never, they never cried and they never got loud and they never raised their hands and they just, oh, well, turn to Matthew 6. And just, just, just boring. Boring people to death. And George Whitefield, it's reported that he would get behind the pulpit and he would stand and he would proclaim. This mountain preacher just proclaimed the gospel. He preached to some 20, 30,000 people back in the 1700s. He's my kind of guy. He, he said he'd rather preach outside than anywhere. He liked it preaching out in the country to country people. He was the first cultural pop icon in the United States of America. Before anybody knew, before Billy Graham was a twinkle in anybody's eye, George Whitefield was preaching across the 13 colonies. Before America was a nation, part of the revolution in the United States of America came from the Great Awakening, which was a revival that took place in the 1730s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. America was created as a nation by a lot of people that had gotten saved. And began to realize that a Christian nation was possible in this world. And he would get behind the pulpit and he would preach and he would weep and sob. And lost people would make fun of him. And saved people would make fun of him for crying. And they, one said something about how much he cried. And he said, I weep and I sob for you because you won't weep for yourself. I wonder, being real, don't put on crocodile tears at Thanksgiving next week and tell somebody your preacher told you to do it. Go crying on somebody. But if we could just in our, in our prayer closets weep for these people that we know need to be saved. God sees, and sees those tears if no one else does. There's some they won't weep for themselves. If only we could weep for them. Time to wake up about how quickly this thing could end. It's time to weep. It's time to want God to move.